Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Now it's time to really begin our preseason march to the finish line. How you doing? Good. March to the finish line? Fucking March, dude. It's a fucking march. I mean, we're both like, we're not in the swing of things with the pod. It's still a morning pod, so we're both like kind of groggy, like just woke up vibes. But we got to just, we got to begin the march somewhere, you know? All right, fine. All right, fine. Anything, (laughs) should we talk about anything before... We just go straight into the premiums, or should we just go straight into the premiums? Um, like, how you are know, you? Pre- How's your team? What's new? Yeah, I'm still like fucking around with the same four spots or so, but yeah, you know, preseason's starting to happen. So you know, we saw Kane's. It's Monday morning for us, but we saw Kane score this weekend, so now he's in like fifty percent more teams. So that's <laughs> yeah, gonna start. Seriously. That's gonna start happening a lot for between now and August eighth or what's the ninth? August ninth. So, not, not you know, just having fun, just ch- chilling, hanging out. You know, what about you? Yeah, same shit, dude. Same shit. Tinkering around with like basically the same team, and then also tinkering around with like, do I want a wild card in game week three type of team, and just going like a little bit rogue, but not that rogue. That's it. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, riveting, see you next riveting week. start. That's all. See you next week. Bye. All right, sounds good. So yeah, we're gonna do premium price bracket this whole episode. Only premiums in every position. Next week mids, following week cheap. I mean, sorry, next week mid priced, following week cheap punts, cheap guys and stuff, um, and take it from there. So. We're going to start with goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. We're doing five, five, and up. There's only six guys. How do you want to? How do you want to get in there? Uh, well, I guess the first thing to just talk about is spending six million on a goalkeeper. I mean, that last season there wasn't a six million goalkeeper in the game except for De Gea, I think. Yeah, just De Gea. Yeah, and. You know, that we went all really well for into, me. Yeah, that went well for everyone. I mean, we went into last season, you know, kind of like we do every year, looking at the year before and be like, oh, Mourinho, United defense good, like didn't really change much, like should be more of the same, and it just wasn't. So I guess we kind of have the same thing here with Liverpool and City. You know, the logic and reason tells us that they got better by like little metrics, but also just the fact that. They're kind of staying together as the unit. So they could maybe just be better. But what do you think about spending six? Like are you do you have any nerves on like Liverpool or City taking a step back in clean sheets, or do you think it'll be more of the same? Yeah, I mean I think it's basically more of the same. I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I know Liverpool slightly overperformed their numbers with how many cleans they had and how many goals they allowed, but they're also just really sh- good. Yeah, like they should overperform numbers when the numbers are created based on like the rest of the league, right? Because all of their exactly. individual players are just better, so that makes sense. Exactly. And it's like another, 
you know, it's like for full year of Fabinho, like I think there's reasons that it should stay very good and, you know, everyone's fit going into the season. Joe Gomez is back and good and like everything's, everything's good. So I'm not really worried about them. And then City, I'm even less worried about because they're, they're clean sheets and they're like, defensive prowess come more from like the system and the attacking system and ball possession and and all that like i i saw like james was upset because someone said city defense isn't good in slack but i i half agree with that because i don't think the players individually are that good not as good as like liverpool or anything like that but the system is so so good and so like airtight that they just don't concede shots. They just like don't teams just don't get attacks going against them. And that's like the nature of the majority of their clean sheets. So, you know, their their midfield is reinforced. Everyone's fit, like blah, blah, blah. Like I, I don't see really a drop off there. And they still might get like Cancelo and it, they're still making moves too. So, yeah. All right, so I mean, from the I agree with by and large and all most of that. I mean, Ederson facing under sixty shots for two years in a row says a lot. But it's crazy. It's just yeah, <laughs> so it's a little silly. So, but looking at the goalkeeper position, I mean, Allison should probably be in about zero teams just because there's so much value in the other three defenders for them. Who we'll get to with Trent, Robbo, and Van Dyke. It's just not worth really spending that little bit less when you could probably get like a two hundred or a hundred. 180 pointer from those guys. Yeah. But Ederson's interesting. You know, I've seen Ederson in like a fair many teams. Um, he is sort of, well, Zinchenko now is starting to pick up some steam, but he is the, the cheapest nailed or tied for the cheapest nailed defensive clean sheet coverage guy. My concern with Ederson that like it keeps coming around is just the actual way that goalkeepers accrue points in the game and looking more of at like that value kind of. Prospect. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, he makes he makes no saves. I mean, if he gets like okay, there's 38 game weeks, right? Yep. And he makes under 60 saves, and you need three saves in one game to get a, just one point. I mean, he's usually not getting a save point. Yeah, it's kind almost of like never. Odd, yeah. it's like odd if he gets a save point. So. When you're spending, you know, six for that, like, what's his upside? Is my question basically. I mean, they kept 20 clean sheets last year. Like, I don't think that they can keep like 25. That's just not. Yeah, that's reasonable unlikely. To just me. by like random variants and shit yeah. like that to go. Like- so, I mean, there's a sample size of two seasons where he's faced under 60 shots, and that's the system they play. They're getting better at the system. So on the one hand, you can make the argument that because they're going to have more possession and dominate more, they'll have like maybe even less shots allowed or whatever. But on the other hand, he's not making saves. He doesn't get bonus points ever because City are too good, and they go elsewhere. So... How is he gonna? He's not gonna like do better than he did last year, in my opinion. When he got one sixty nine, which is a great point total, but I don't know. I mean, there's some five five guys who have legitimate like spots where I could see them improving. If City lose maybe two or three clean sheets, 
you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm a little right. bit kind of like talking myself out of Ederson, even though he was like when I made my team immediately, I was like, oh, Ederson's six. Like put him in. Like look. Yeah, around, I, you know? I what haven't do you think about that? gone away from him in my tinkers. Like to me, it's just been like I'll just start here, sort of like how you just said. Like I'll just start here. He's six. It's easy. He's consistent. Sidir consistent. Like easy. I I think okay. I mostly agree with you that like last season may be his upside. Like. He's not going to get like significantly more points than 169. It's just not possible. But that also is really good, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like the the reason to pay more, especially in the goalkeeper position, more than any other position, is for safety and for consistency. And you know he does that really well, and City do that really well, and they're going to keep a lot of clean sheets again. So. I, I do feel what you're saying, and maybe they're they're maybe one of the five fives is is a better option. But like, I haven't felt bad about that spot for one second since I've started tinkering. If you know what I mean, like it's just mm-hmm. it's just so safe. Like it's just so many points that I'm banking. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So okay, so that's that. I mean, you know, I'm not obviously gonna fall picking Ederson. Yeah. He's fucking on City, and yeah. he's like, that's great. Oh, the one thing just, that know, I didn't chatting. mention with City that I. I mentioned on on this betting podcast that I guessed it on draw no bet is that the oh, one cheating on me great yeah I'm cheating just on you the on one to bigger and better <laughs> the the one's defensive position that I'm not that comfortable with is right center back like Laporte's partner where a company you know came in second half of the season and and was really good and like. You know they were really good and didn't lose a game for a fucking million years at the end of the season. Where I'm just like not that confident in Stones, and I'm very not confident in Otamendi. And so like there's a world where that position is a bit of a problem position, and maybe that makes their defense a little worse. But that that's it really. Yeah, I, don't, I I still have faith in Stones. I think if he just like keeps running him out there, I don't think he's gonna be like. Directly responsible for goals all of a sudden, like it would look like if Otamendi was in. But yeah, that's a fair point. That's yeah, a fair yeah. point. Um, so the five, so, five so the five five goal is yeah. What do you see? Who do you do you like any of them? Well, let's just start with Larice because I think we both kind of like him. I mean, like we we shit on him constantly on this pod, but like he had a really good season last year, even though only twelve cleans. He was really good at just shot stopping, which is important. One thing I noticed when I think after our last pod, when you were talking about Glorice, is just he scores 140 points every season. He scores the same amount of points every season. <laughs> He's had six yeah. seasons in FPL. He has 140, 141, 143, 144, 145, and then one one bad year of 121 in 2014, 15. Yeah, I I also looked at that. I did a little more deep diving into Loris and just kind of looking at what his seasons were like. It really is kind of like a little bit of a schizophrenic thing where like one year he'll rely on like a little bit more saves with an extra penalty save. The other year they'll keep some more cleans, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I don't think his ceiling's probably above like 150. Um, I don't see this team as suddenly, especially with the, whatever their defense we'll talk about, but I don't see them as suddenly a team that's going to keep, you know, 16, 17, 18 cleans, probably right around like the 12 to 15 ranges where they'll settle. Um, I don't love him as much anymore. I just don't, like, you know, we, we look at the Burnley keeper and, 
if the Burnley keeper plays 3,000 minutes, they're going to be right there. You know, they're going to be between, yeah. you know, 140, 150 range, and that's 4-5. So there's just other places, even like Fabianski, I mean, we'll talk about, you know, he's somehow, no matter where he plays or what he does, he also <laughs> yeah. is basically just gets the same points. It doesn't even matter. So, yeah, I don't love him. Um, Pickford that's, that's also. That's sort of the thing with Allison and Ederson, right, that we didn't talk about is like, the, all these five fives, and we'll we'll talk about all of them. Is like they could their upside is like maybe equal or close to Allison Ederson. They're what they'll probably score is a little bit under, but like Allison and Ederson are sort of untouchable. Like there's not we always say there's like going to be four or five that's better value that's a top five goalie whatever. Like Allison and Ederson not being one and two is very very hard to imagine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Um, one thing, just while you were talking about that too, and you know, we're going to get into the five O's and the four fives on later pods. But it is something interesting with the goalkeeping position: is the bonus points this year passed? It seems like goalkeepers got bonus points. At, I, I obviously didn't do research because that's not what I'm about. But goalkeepers <laughs> seem to get, goalkeepers <laughs> seem to get a lot more bonus points this year from like the bad teams and clean sheet games. I think like you know they're the defenders just they they hoof and they're not make, getting the pass completion baps in the BPS system to get high enough. So it is an interesting thing to if you just do look at you know if you get like a seven or eight save game you know typically that goalkeeper is going to be getting bonus points over the back line. Yeah. So. I don't know what that says for the premiums because it's the opposite for the premiums when the teams typically do have either fullbacks who are creating loads of chances or the center backs are having like a 90% pass completion because they're just tick passing it around and they're not under pressure and the, the the goalkeepers on the premium teams aren't getting bonus points as much but you know you look at players like Fabianski and some of the lower teams like Fabianski that he had one penalty save but he had 15 bonus points last year um, yeah, Fab that's and a lot. Pickford that's a lot. and those that's kind of guys are really consistent on bonus. Yeah. They well, get a lot. Well, Pickford, Pickford had three penalty saves, so I would have to like subtract probably nine bonus points. So he probably only had like four. But the season before, he still had sixteen. So and on one penalty yeah. save, so he still like gets a lot. I mean, he had like thirty more saves in seventeen, eighteen than last season. So. That's probably where yeah, that comes from, but yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And I mean, like Laurie's made a hundred saves. I mean, you know, Fabianski had like almost one hundred and fifty saves, and Pickford, yeah, was right almost at hundred saves. So you know, the saves add up, and the bonus points do add up. So yeah. that's the one thing that is a little bit tricky with Allison. I mean, Allison. Well, Allison gets a lot of bonus somehow. actually, like compared yeah, to the other Ed- premiums. Ederson or, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't think it's anything to swing. I'm just I'm just chat. Just no, chat that's what our pods I mean, that, about. It's the frustration with Ederson. It's like it's almost boring to have him because it's just like six points most yeah, weeks. Six or two. Six, yeah, two, six, six or two. two. Six two. Or maybe he'll fucking get a yellow card or something, but it's six or yeah. two. And most weeks it's six, which is so so good. But you never really see the like fifteens, and just like the crazy yeah. nine saves, penalty save, clean max bone or whatever. You know, I mean, even just like a nine or a ten. You yeah, know, those, you just don't yeah. really see that. Yeah, mm. and then it is. Like, I mean, again, well, maybe we can just. I mean, Keppa. Well, we could talk about Chelsea in the next thing, but I think that's about it for five fives for me. But the one thing too You're not is to remember considering Keppa pick for Dea. You mean? Yeah, I mean, it's just what's the point there, right? They're wait and see kind of. I mean, United defense is terrible. We don't know what they're going to do, and 
Pickford, I guess, but if they lose Gay, it's a little sketchy. But it's if they lose Gay, it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big problem. But when we look at the four fives, you know, I'm still seeing a lot of four fives, and that's fine. But I just just to make sure that like we are comprehending this is that there's always one like four five goalie who ends up being like the best value because they're. A million or at one and a half million less, yeah. And there's going to be one four or five goalie who's in like the top six, like just by numbers, yeah. And they're going to be within like fifteen or so points of someone who had who was like six million, maybe like this. But there's only one, so you have to like, you have to pick the right one. So that's that's, that's, that's the that's, issue. That was kind of our thing going into last season, and why we were both yeah. like, "Fuck this, let's just get a premium and then figure it out later." And we both did start premium. And then we both picked bad four fives later in the season, and it sucked. So yeah. it's still hard, even with all of the knowledge of like half a season sample size. We still both pick bad four fives later on. So it's yeah. it's just so hard to find the right one. Yeah. All right. So goal clip. We'll see. You're still on a premium. I'm. I have Popin right now, but I, I don't know what I'm doing with that shit yet. So we'll we'll see where the chips lay. Yeah, um, but they, let's go to def- let's let's go to defenders. Yeah. So defenders, we're doing six and up because there's. So many five fives we'll do next pod. So, I mean, oh, hold on. There were two goalkeeper questions. Let me do those. Gav on Slack, which premium keeper is the most practical pick taking the other player options on their teams into consideration? I mean, I guess there is the or argument for Loris there to a degree because the backline's like so bad. Like like him versus Vertonghen, it's not even close. You'd rather have Loris because Vertonghen gets like one assist per year and no bonus points, so you're getting the saves and some extra points with Loris. Right, he just gets and more points. There's no fault. So I mean, when you're looking at the rest of the te- like the the defender options, like they're definitely like the worst. Defender options on Spurs as of the time of us potting right now, so like that is a reason yeah. like in Lorie for Lorise perhaps. It's but. Same with Toby. I mean he he hasn't gotten a goal or assist in back to back seasons. Like yeah, Hugo just gets and they're more trying points to sell than their guys. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, there is like Dumbele and for Spurs. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mentioned I him last spot. I mean, is that I, a thing? I think for their defense, I that, still don't know. Yeah, I, according to the Spurs people in Slack, like he's more of a box to box. He's not like strictly a holding mid. But regardless, I mean, he's supposed to be really good, and he's supposed to be really you know work really hard. You know, interceptions, blocks, etc., tackles, and so I'm sure he'll make the team a little better. And their midfield was. A complete joke last season, but that's why I kind of brought up the Larry scores the same amount of points every season thing. It's because, like you mentioned, I mean, he had twelve cleans last year and a hundred saves. The two years prior to that, he had fifteen cleans each year, but he had like twenty less saves. So it, it kind of just equaled out to the same point total. I, I don't know. It's just like I don't think it's a huge enough thing to be like. Like you said, they're gonna they're gonna keep sixteen, seventeen, eighteen cleans. They're just not that good. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the other question was TJC on Slack on goalkeeper. Do you think DDG might have a comeback this year now that he's being paid more than Alexis? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was funny. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, defenders. Um, just start with Liverpool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the most insightful or, or good thing we could discuss is like which two to pick out of the three, since pretty much everyone's got Mo. 
Have you seen a team that doesn't have Robbo and Trent and felt good about it? I don't really care. I mean, I don't think there's anything in it really to get Van Dyke that honestly, I just don't think it's that much of a difference. Then Robbo and Trent. That, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's insanely huge. I mean, they they both had double digit assists last season. Like they're I don't know. I just they were the first two people I put in my first tinker and I haven't even like remotely considered removing them. 7 million yeah. to get you know, around 30-ish returns each is just absurd. Like, it's just so good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when you're trying to shave, like, 0.5 here, 0.5 there, I mean, I get it. The other thing, like, (laughs) the XA for both of them was around Mm 6.5. So they, like, doubled that, which is a lot. I mean, that's just a lot. I don't know. I, I like Dean created more actual chances than both the fullbacks. And I mean, obviously he's on Everton. and the players are so much fucking worse, but Van Dyke still had eight returns, kept pace on with them on bonus points for the most part. And, you know, for the point five less. And also, you know, we, there is the little like, Oh, right back. Like, is he going to rotate? And I know it's the beginning of the season and this and that. So we don't have to worry as much about rotation as we may have to do when Champions League starts or whatever it is then. But I just, I, I don't think it's like that big of a deal is, I guess, for me. I understand what you're saying. I mean, they're playing kind of out of, the fullbacks are kind of out of position. They push so far high up and Trent's like a baby is going to be probably be better. And Robbo's just great. Could also improve. It was his first full season, but. I think they're all just like Rolls Royce players, so you know. I yeah. just don't. I, I just. I just don't feel that strongly. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was just auto, but I, I mean, it's fair. I mean, and VVD it's, should play like yeah. thirty-two hundred minutes or something, probably. You know, yeah. Like Robbo did last season. Yeah, yeah Robbo's actually eight point oh six, and Trent seven point two two. So yeah, definitely overperformance there, but still absurd numbers. Yeah, no, they're still great. I mean, it, they're. I think all three are great. You can't really go wrong. But I guess there is also. I mean, it's more fun to have fullbacks when you're watching games. Like they're, you know, they're up there. So it's not just like, oh, is there a set piece? Like no, then like okay, nothing's gonna happen with my guy. So that's a thing. I, I mean, I think about that me personally. Yeah, sometimes. And I, I mean, it's also a factor. Trent was hurt like two times last season. Played. He only played twenty four hundred minutes. So you know, yeah, his like true. his like points per minute are just. It's yeah, silly high, you know. So yeah, yeah I don't it's know. like the best in the game. Yeah, best in the game probably. So they're just yeah. all three are extremely good. I think both of us are on all three right now. Neither of us have Salah, so yeah, that yeah. tells you really all you need to know about that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and it's also just the kind of thing where point five, you're trying to shave point five, you know, and mm-hmm. you if you're like, I'm gonna just. Go Van Dyke instead of one of the fullbacks mm-hmm. to do that one like important thing elsewhere. It's just that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems okay. No, that's definitely yeah. I, okay. I, I agree. Yeah. I think that I would probably if I, if if gun to head, I would pick the fullbacks just because they're sexual and so cool. So, yeah. but um, in the bottom line is you, you you should be picking two of these three players in your team most likely. Like you're going to be in. You're, I don't think differentialing against like them is going to be the best place to start. Especially with their opening run. Yeah, I mean, defenders, we, we said it constantly in preseason last season, and I guess we're probably going to say it a lot this season too. It's just like, they're the most consistent, they're the best value, and 
now that there's a bunch of like actual attacking options and like the Liverpool fullbacks, Dean, some other guys that that attack, even like Doherty and stuff, like they're not even they they get as many returns as a lot of like the similarly priced mids and forwards. You know, it's not it's no longer the case that like they're just guys who get clean sheets. And the mids and forwards are going to just outscore them because they get all the goals and assists. Like, that is just not the case anymore. So, I mean, that's why the trend, I think, uh, last time I checked, was just heavy defenses. Like, they're just the best value. They score a ton of points, most consistent. You know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just auto, auto, auto heavy defense for me. Yeah. Um, so hold on. We, we had a question City. on the on the Liverpool guys. He said, okay. "Magnificent." I like this question. He said, "I'm thinking about captains. Liverpool were incredible defensively last season. We're backing that we'll, they'll be incredible again this year. Why aren't we thinking about captaining Pool D? Trent had 30 returns last season. Robbo 33. I know their attacking numbers were mad, but they're basically playing attacking." attacking mid, left, and right most home games. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because it changes the game, and don't dare to take this as some ceiling talk because their ceiling's around 20. It's, it I mean, is that's ridiculous. That's saying that's around 20 is a little bit ridiculous. I can't really address that. But, the um, yeah, I think, you know, home bankers, you could probably go there and feel reasonable. You know, you'll you'll be getting between, like, maybe 6 and 10 or so. and yeah. It's just the the main thing you come back to is right, like you're going to have Salah most likely. So, where for a home banker, for example, when you're looking at captaining a Liverpool player, if you have Salah, I mean, they're two different conversations if you have Salah or not. But if you do have Salah, you know, do you really think you're going to be gaining that much on the field by capping a defender? You're going to need no. like a clean sheet and mo blanking, and then you maybe you get like three points, right? You're like six against three, and then you know, if you get an assist or like some bonus points or whatever, you get a few extra points, but it just doesn't seem like that is great to me. Yeah. So that's one thing. But if you don't have Salah, I think it should be definitely in thoughts. I mean, it was pretty reliable that they were going to keep cleans at home against the bottom ten. And you know, if you do get an assist or whatever, you get a double digit haul there. That's great. I mean, it does come back to the fact that the defender unlike the attacker is dependent on like the entire game script going away of like no deflection like no fluky thing yeah no whereas pen you know or whatever yeah yeah no pen whereas like you know you kept like obs you know you know he's going to get like two big chances against a shitty team so you know you know that he'll get like a couple opportunities to you know do something or he's on pen so it's the opposite it's like you get a lucky one little thing right and, you know, so that kind of stuff still comes in to me. But two big but, chances no, I, for OBS, you know, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's basically a blank, but he needs like seven. But yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it is something that we should start to look at a little bit more seriously in the FPL community as managers because, you know, it used to be Baines like once a year, maybe you would cap him or something. Or, I mean, now with the double game weeks, we'll get there, but it's very obvious that the best caps in double game weeks are center backs or goalies. So we'll figure out who to do, what to do then. But on a week to week basis, yeah, I think we should definitely be thinking about it. What, yeah. what do you think? No, definitely. And I love, I love the question and the point because it's something that we've both talked about through the end of last season and through the you know early early mumblings of this season is like just being a little bit looser with captain and just not just following the herd and not just picking like an attacker if you don't feel good about it or whatever and just like 
Yeah, you look at Trent and Rabo's consistency consistency last season, and Liverpool. I think they kept like twelve out of nineteen games at home were cleans, and they get a ton of attacking returns. And Trent on set pieces, like I really don't think it should even be a hesitation. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. If you have Mo, I don't think you ever captain either of them over Mo. It just doesn't make sense, but. I think it's very reasonable, and I don't think you need it, like in seasons past. You always wanted to like I want like two or three or maybe even more captaincy choices, you know, to like be able to rotate cap and have a good cap every every time. And it's like these guys are reasonable captains. There's there's nothing that says they aren't. So I like it. I like it too. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving Game on. Like one under. though, I'm, I I can't think of doing something like that game week one against a promoted side, even though it's like a ridiculous fixture on paper, that doesn't seem great to me. Why? Just because, just vibe or what? Yeah, no, it's just, I don't know. Every time we look at these promoted sides, I mean, they are usually really bad, but like the first game... Yeah, they like come out flying they or something. score like a goal, you know, like one goal. I, I don't know, maybe not, that's dumb, but I don't have a good vibe about game week one. But anyway, yeah, yeah, keep, yeah. What's, what's next? That's fair. What, I know, we, we just... Well, no, we haven't talked about any of the other premium defenders. We only talked about Liverpool. So there's a bunch of yeah, Chelsea guys, there's a couple City guys, and there's Dean and Doherty, basically. That's everyone. So, right. so Chelsea, what, are we what do you do? Yeah, we didn't talk about Kepa. There's Alonso, 6'5, Rudiger, Aspel, Louise, all at 6. Um, I have not I've been ent- seeing, entertained. I've been any seeing of them. a little bit of like chatter about Aspel. Just like how he generally will finish with a high point point total. I mean, yeah, he's 16, very 15, 16 clear. I, it's just with 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 Fat Frank. I I just don't know what they're doing at all. I, I have no idea what they're going to be up to. So for those reasons, I need a few games of data. I don't see how much I, they have a really bad. Well, I guess not really bad. Just it's actually yeah, it is really bad going to Old Trafford, but. Leicester also is not a good fixture, so you know, giving it a couple games to see what formation and who's where, I could see value. You know, game week three for a while they have a really good fixture run to like November or December or whatever. So I could see see that, but starting game week one, they're not on my radar. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. And and ten foot longboard on Slack was asking about them, saying. Lampard's likely to focus on defensive aspects, blah, blah, blah. And I just, just wait and see. We say it. Another thing that we, we constantly say over and over again is like, you don't really get a big benefit of being the first person on, you know, an FPL player, like on a differential or whatever. The better FPL players are just quicker to move to them once they're established to be good, but not like the first ones there. There's just not really. We don't even know like if Alonso's starting. We don't know if Aspel's playing right back, center back. Rudiger's hurt. That makes them worse. Uh, there's just no reason to really go there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Alonso though is 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 one definitely that oh, is yeah. kind of a forgotten man. I mean, he still had ten re- ten attacking returns last season. I mean, he hasn't put up a season of under like one sixty, and at six five is pricey, obviously, but. It's not that pricey for that like guaranteed sort of point total if he's playing. So that's something to keep yeah. an eye out for, I think. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. If he starts at left back first two games, like bringing him in game week three, that seems good. 
Yeah, I mean, he and he also seems to hit the bar like seven oh my times God. a year. And Remember, so, I, I mean, ha- if he could, I was early yeah. on him last season. Yeah, that happened constantly. If he just like halves the amount of time he hits the bar, he'll have an extra like twenty-five points. Jesus Christ! Even though he's, I mean, he's not a left back; he's a wing back or should be on the bench. So who knows if that? Happens. Anyway, so City. I mean, Mendy's hurt. What else is new? But it's really like Laporte and Walker. Yeah, I mean, they're they're fine, right? I mean, what. What yeah, Laporte, Laporte's fantastic. I mean, I we both kind of mentioned our feelings on Walker last week, where it's like he's fine and he'll get points, but he's bad and getting worse. And I, they're still, I'm still seeing rumors all over the place about them and Cancelo. So that would just be Walker, like straight out, you know. And Cancelo would probably come in at six five or seven because he's so attacking. So something to monitor there. But yeah, I mean, uh, the trend has gone towards like Zinchenko. So, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm still not too into that. But yeah, and Jingo and Stones, even like James, again, mentioning James, like he, he thinks there's like 100% certainty that Stones starts the season. I mean, maybe not 100%, but very, very confident. And Otamendi was apparently god awful in the Copa America. He's, he's usually pretty bad. So, it's you know, just, th- there are cheaper options. Well, yeah. I just don't know if it's worth it. That's the thing is look, skimping the point five to get the share is not worth the potential like nightmare that could happen if they're dropped and then you have to spend a transfer on the or spot or just rotated, which is even or rotating more and, nightmarish because you don't like see it coming, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's I mean I don't I still haven't seen Angelino play one second, but. I, with still Pep, I mean, we, I just like yeah, wow. he's still Spanish I and they still bought him. I don't see the point. I mean, I don't like I don't like that. Like, I don't like that over my head, terrified of the city team sheet to see if my fucking left backs in there or not. Like, I want my defenders to be in because if I'm setting up premium at the back or whatever, I'm not really playing fixtures or chopping and changing. Like That's what I'm doing in my, in my midfield and my exactly. forward. So I just don't like that skimp. I mean, I would find the point five and go Walker. And, I mean, granted, he was also rotated a little bit last year, but he's you know at least like very clearly the first choice player there. Danilo is so bad. So I don't know. I just don't, I don't like... I don't like risk in the defender for their security of start. I just don't want. I don't want that. Yeah, and I think another. I keep bringing up all these recurring themes, but whatever. Like transfers. I keep, I said it a lot last week, and it's something that I'm trying to focus on this week. I mean, this season by not getting like risks and not getting injured, questionable guys as much as just like transfers are just so valuable. You have 38. Through the course of the entire season for free, the rest subtract points from your point total. You don't yes. want to just go into the season with like two or three guys. Like most of the teams I'm seeing on like Twitter and Slack and stuff are like they send them to me, they DM me, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, it's good, but like there's three guys with huge question marks, which would makes me not like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing too about transfers, I was just thinking about to try and like look at it in a point totally kind of way is. Yeah. Like, if we have about, say, we have three attackers on our team that are like un, like seven five or under, in that those three attackers really need like good fixtures to really help expect any points to come in. Yeah, and like those are the spots that we're really like trying to 
churn for the fixture runs. And like the, what, like the difference between if you have, say you're forced to use a transfer on like Zinchenko, cause like Angelino just played two games in a row. Like you're already getting your bench piece of shit in for two points for like one or two games or whatever, or even one game. And then you have to use a transfer. Like if that prevents you from doing something like getting rid of like phrase before city to get like, I don't know, fucking like Perez before like Sheffield, like that could be like a 10 point swing. If not more, yeah, ten points you know and I mean? a huge loss of value too. Like that yeah. could be a if, ten point or, swing. Yeah. Phrase goes down point two, Perez goes up point three. You're behind, and you're probably going to yeah. cost four points for the transfer. And I mean, it's maybe that's a, a, not like the best example because yeah, you know, know Fraser has one bad fixture and then he has good ones. But like, say there's a guy you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get rid of him like game week six because that's when the fixtures get really bad. Like if you're if you're forced to have to like stave that off because you have these other risks or other things to do, like you know injuries you can't account for, but other things, then like each game that you're having your shitty player play against like a top four, top six team and they're blanking, versus being able to hop on someone else in that price bracket who's playing bottom ten teams for a few, like that's a big game. Like that's a big difference. So like that's kind of something I was just thinking about to also think about, you know, what it yeah, the having minimal the risk in having minimal risk in the kind of like premium slash set and forgetty type places allows you to spend transfers on those places. I mean, you know, we're budgeted, so we can't all have all those players. Is to allow you to spend money, spend transfers on the budget players that you need to have good fixtures to expect points. So. Something else I was thinking. Of. Yeah, no, I like that way of thinking about it because you know that those everyone has like some number of six, five, seven, seven, five guys, and you know yeah, like that Perez, like, King, whoever. Yeah, like that spot is gonna be like many free transfers over the course of the season. That's like five, six. I don't know how to quantify it really, but each of those spots is gonna cost a bunch of free transfers, and we only have thirty-eight over the course of the season. Including like injuries and suspensions, like they're very, very just precious. You gotta just, you know, you don't wanna just spend them here and there. Yeah. All right. So well, we have Dean at. Two, yeah, Dean and Doc. Doc. We're not talking about Doc. We're not talking about Doc. Okay. Okay. So Dean, he hasn't left my team. He hasn't left your team. Yeah. I, I am getting a little nervous about Gay, but. So what the rumors are he's going somewhere? Yeah, I was there's chat on on Slack yesterday about like PSG sniffing and there was apparently some kind of little under under the table gentleman's agreement that they were going to he wanted to go in the in the winter or something and that he was going to finish the season they'd let him go in the summer so I don't know. Mm. I just haven't seen many like much talk about it which was it kind of just threw me off like oh yeah like he's way better than Everton like why, why wouldn't he be why wouldn't he go somewhere but whether or not, whatever. I mean, if he if he stays, it still it feels really nice to still be on Dean. If he goes, I, I mean, the fixtures are still really good at the beginning of the season, and I don't know how to evaluate. You know, like how many more clean sheets will he get them versus you know some shit house in his position? Probably like two or three or something. I don't know. Maybe more. I have no I idea. I think it's but, more. Yeah. Yeah, but Dean. I mean, I'm, he's not like a season keeper. I'm gonna have him for a few game weeks. I don't know when I wild card, but it's not going to be that late. But you know, I, I still think no matter who's playing in that gay spot, that you know he creates so many chances. He's on some set pieces. He's on, I mean, on some direct set pieces. He, he's basically just like a better version of Alonzo, kind of to me. So he still seems like a good pick. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you get him 
because of the attacking. I, like, I don't think their end of season defense is really who they are. Like, I don't expect them to be, you know, keeping no. yep. 18 cleans or whatever, but they were still one of the better defensive teams in the league last season, despite that. I mean, they finished up on, uh, in seventh and expected goals allowed and which pretty much lined up exactly with how many goals they actually allowed and yeah you know they're solid and no zuma is not not great because i i like him and i rate him but yeah i think he's very replaceable but yeah he's replaceable and you know 13 cleans is not like a super high bar set last season i mean i think they could definitely do that again if not better and yeah, and the attacking, the attacking is just so so good. Like his attacking numbers are absolutely absurd. Yeah, and you know, I think there is also something to say for a player like him who you know he came in from Spain, and it was his first season. It took him a little while to crack into the first team, and then he started playing regularly. But you know, it was his first year in the Prem, and being able to go into the off season like having that and knowing like you know what the physicality is like, what Everything is happening. He has consistency this year. I think there is something to that as well. So, you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he if he just plays. I mean, he had a lot of yellow cards last year. Well, he only had five. It's maybe only when I, he was on my team, he had a lot of yellow cards. <laughs> but you know, I felt like he was kind of out of position. I mean, he bombs forward a lot, but maybe he'll. You know, I just think he's he can improve. Well, I think also he can, another he can big be factor is like he came from Barcelona where he didn't play. He didn't play. Yeah, he played seven hundred like, minutes yeah. in seventeen, eighteen, a thousand minutes in sixteen, seventeen. Like this is like his first full season in years, and you know now he's going into the season as the man and like the main creative force, the main progressive force, the main passing force in the team because like they don't really have many other creative players. Like even like Siggy isn't really that. He's more of like a I don't know. He shoots more. He was almost like second striker last season. So Dean is really the fulcrum of like all the creativity. Yeah, Siggy's like a give and go player on the edge of the box exactly. or something. Yeah, he's not like Dean, yeah. he's not what Dean does at all. Yeah. So yeah, Dean like Dean a lot. Um, I, I can't imagine him leaving my team between now and game week one. So yeah, he's just yeah. good. Ton of bonus yeah, he's points. He's just good. Yeah. All right. Um, Darty, you want to just skip? Yeah. Why would we talk? Like what? Why I mean, are we he, about him? he had eleven attacking returns last season. It's not. Oh. It's no joke. He is. Joke. He is absurdly attacking. The problem with Wolves is they can't keep clean sheets, so that's why neither of us are considering him. I don't think there's I anything mean, more that needs to be said. Okay, thank you. Um, let's go to midfield. Mids. Okay, God, this is gonna. All right, this is gonna be another two-hour pod. We're on fucking minute like forty, and we've only talked about the shittiest fox no, who no one cares about. We got this. Oh, we got this. Long. Hour and a half, maybe, pod. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. There's not that many mids. We're doing eight, five, and up. Um, so there's the Liverpool mids. There's a bunch of City mids. There's Spurs mids, and there's Pogba. No, you're right. Mids, mids, gonna probably go quick. So Mo, I mean, we don't have to say much about that. Twelve, five. Good job by him. Raz yeah. at twelve, also a good job. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on Mane at eleven five? I don't. I've see seen it. him in almost no teams. Yeah, I mean he's coming back late for Afcon. I think he's supposed to be back in time to like play game week one, but it's definitely not nailed. So that's probably that would probably explain it. But I mean he had he just had like a really he was absurdly good last season, like absolutely crazy good. Two huge factors in that though were he didn't get hurt. 
which he basically gets hurt every other season before that. He's never played this many minutes, 3,100 last season. And he was just, he just had a really, really hot finishing year, which, you know, like he's usually just in and around his expected goals, like every season, like we know that that's basically the quality finisher he's always been. And then out of, out of nowhere, he was just like plus six on his expected goals last season. And just, yeah. you know. I mean, what, he had a 25% goal conversion rate last year. That doesn't seem like nuts. Yeah, I'm just looking at expected goals. I, I'm not sure yeah. about like the compared with the shots factored in, but expected goals, yeah. I mean, he was plus 5.2 last season. And Every year prior, he's been basically within one and a half of his expected goals, except for in sixteen seventeen. Yeah, I mean he he just takes such like qual he makes such quality attempts, like oh, high yeah. percentage attempts. Super is like like yeah. just looking at him to Mo is just an interesting comparison because like Mo had like fifty more goal attempts, but like he only had three more big chances than Mane. And Mane scored more big chances than Mo, so it's just—I mean, they're both like fantastic players, obviously. But you know, I—I I don't know. I mean, I—I I, yeah, I, I think Mo is like a safer pick on pens, etc. But I—I I mean, Mane is still pretty good. Oh, I mean, Mane's still good. I just—he got a worth huge, a million, millions worth it for Mo, probably. Exactly. He got a huge price hike. He doesn't really yeah. create chances or shots. Mo creates. All of the chances and shots for Liverpool. Like, Mo just it does everything. Like, he yeah. takes the most shots, creates the most shots. He had 12 assists last season. He's on pens. It's just, he's just so right. much better, I think. Yeah. I, I just was like, can I make an argument for Mane? And I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. Like, sorry. It just falls. And then, yeah. It's like, okay, you look at his history, and 22 goals is just such a crazy anomaly that it's like, I expect him to still be really good. He's always been really good, but like, I just don't expect twenty-two goals again. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so most good. So, and then we're looking at City. I mean, we got. I mean, Sané and Mares. We don't have to spend time talking about. But what we, I guess, we need to discuss the difference between Kevin and two point five million versus Sterling here. Um, how do you see that? I mean, Kevin to me is just a continuation of like the Zinchenko talk that we just had, et cetera. And we talked about this last pod, but I still think it's true. I just don't really see a reason to start the season with him. I much prefer looking at City, watching City, watching Kev specifically, and then moving to him than starting with him because it's just such a huge risk to me. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people like thinking it's not a risk, which, you know, that's. I, I don't. I don't. I also don't really understand that. I'm not sure if that's just like you have this bias, like that you're like tr- like mentally tricking yourself into something that's not like facts. I'm not right. sure what that is, but I two and a half million is a lot. And the one thing that I do like understand is that if you have like a Mo or a Kane. And you're not going to really be captaining Raz, then I get that more. And that I think, while it is a risk to get Kevin, and I would probably just go somewhere completely different if I didn't feel like spending the twelve on Raz there was was making sense based on like my captaincies in the first you know three to seven game weeks. The way you're looking at it, then I think that's okay, that's reasonable. But yeah, I, I still just think that you know waiting and seeing for De Bruyne makes a little bit more sense than. Hopping yeah. in right away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I should say, like, I completely agree. Like, from a like squad building perspective, I think 
Kev at nine five is so good. Like I trust me, I fucking want him in my team too. Like he's Kev and he's nine five. It's insane. But yeah, just I mean, he was ten five last season, and he was in he was in my team game week one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a nightmare. But I mean, I was like salivating. I was like, yes, ten five. That's a great price. I mean, nine five is is that the lowest he's ever been? Probably right. I mean, on Chelsea, yeah, it was yeah, probably it's like the lowest. Seven. Well, yeah, he didn't play. Yeah, it's the lowest <laughs> price he's ever been. Is nine five starting? So City, yeah, yeah so I think there's going to be a time where he's in like all everyone's team. Yeah, but and it, maybe, it might yeah. be game week three. Three, you know, yeah. but. To start the season with him, to put a nine-five slot with that much risk, I just don't see it. I mean, their squad is so big, so deep. He's off basically a full year of injuries. It's just like I just don't see the worth there. Yeah, the 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 one thing though also with Kev is you know he's usually a little bit better at home, and you know after their fir- the first three fixtures are for City are at West Ham, home Spurs at Bournemouth. But then their their home fixtures alternate with aways, and their homes are like pretty. They have like home Brighton, home Watford, home Wolves, home Villa, home Southampton in the next like five of the next six games or five of the next ten games or whatever. Those could like those are like the Coon Kevin games kind of. So I don't know. We I haven't really looked that far in advance, and maybe yeah. I don't know with Raz and shit. But I mean, Raz also was fucking returning for fun at home. They all do. But that's just something also to just. I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. No, and and stupid. at the beginning dumb, of the pod, I mentioned me. that I've been fucking around with a team that's like wild card game week three or something like that. And like Kev is one of the guys that I like. You know, I Kev is one of the reasons why I kind of like that strategy because he's definitely one of the guys. If I was on an early, very early wild card, you know, like a very early wild card build or whatever. He's one of the guys I would have a, an eye on as to like, okay, maybe I'm I get to get him and build a team with him in it, you know, instead of Sterling or something like that. After game weeks one and two, like with a little bit more information, Kev might be golden. But for now, I, I'm staying away. But okay, so Sterling, we don't really have to talk about, right? I mean, he's well. He's, I do want to just talk okay, about okay. one thing with Sterling because what do you see about? I mean, maybe this is just a city at large, but. The first three fixtures are really difficult for me to evaluate. Like at West Ham, home Spurs at Bournemouth. I mean, do you like how confident or do you see like Raz as like a captain option for like the at West Ham and the at Bournemouth? I mean, at Bournemouth is pretty good, but like at West Ham, they beat Bournemouth five nil every season. Yeah, I feel like they do. And Sterling always has some like fucking insane performance up there. But like at West Ham, do you think that's like a a really good Sterling captain game or like? I think yeah, it's, it's okay, just, but comparatively to like Kane or Salah, I think it's much worse. Or Obbs, I think it's worse. much worse because one thing Obbs that still ha- concerns me in the away game, even though it is Newcastle. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing I was just going to say is like, it, like West Ham last season started off so bad; they were the fucking worst and like so bad defensively. But when they kind of found their shape. Against the top sides, they were actually really good defensively and like really frustrated teams. Like, I don't expect West Ham to keep it clean. I'm not fucking insane, but like, they should keep it really tight. Pellegrini's going to keep it really tight. Like, how many games last season where we we had Arnie or something like that, and he was just the most isolated person in the history of the world? Like, he was just frustrated up there completely by himself, and they just played 
10, really tight, really conservative, really defensive. So, yeah, I don't see it as a great fixture, even though West Ham is not a great defense. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to come around a little bit onto that. I mean, I've started to play around a little bit without having Sterling in. I'm, I'm, not, I'm still not sure yet. But okay. I mean, yeah, I um, keep mentioning the potential of me going with a team with an early wild card, and if I do, I had no, city, no city in that in yeah. that tinker for these reasons. Yep. You know, I just yep. at yep. West Ham yep. home Spurs. Like, I don't need City if I'm wild carding early, and then I'll get them in. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sun, he's out. So Eric's a nine. Got rid of Trippier. On should have actual every single set piece, unless if some crazy shit happens we don't know about. Yeah, that well, was Tools' question. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much back in on Ericsson like big time. What do you What do you think at nine? I I don't know. What do you think? It just seems great, and we we yeah. mentioned it sort of last last week. It just you know his points per minutes weren't weren't as bad as as it looks in the totals and he just played a lot less minutes than he usually yeah, five, does about 450 500 less minutes yeah and the set pieces are huge i mean it doesn't seem huge but let's just say he gets two or three more assists and plays those extra 400 minutes then like he's having a normal Ericsson season and everyone wants him it seems oh, ripe for me that he's going to get a lot of He's going to get a lot of points, and he's going to get a lot of freedom with Ndombele. Maybe he doesn't have that's, to like play yeah. deep as much. See, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing to me is that, like, you know, he every year he's fucking exhausted, dead tired for like the last fifteen game weeks of the season because he plays every three days, ninety minutes, and usually because Spurs' squad is a mockery of life, he's playing like in the positions where he's having to run the like DM or something. He's not playing like push forward, and I, yeah. I feel like the Dom, the Dombele, Signing could really be like for an. F- I mean, where his best position is, I don't fucking know. Like box to box, like push for whatever it is. But I think he's gonna like be able to be playing a little bit further forward and have like a little bit less defensive responsibilities. And it could like be a little bit of a new thing for him this year. And it's very seems very clear that like when he is like in the DM role, the game just passes him by, and that's just yeah. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't like make interceptions. He runs his ass off, but he doesn't like make interceptions or like he. I don't think he's ever put in a tackle in his life. Like he just like runs around and chases the ball, and he's like positionally like in the right spot, but he doesn't like do anything. So like he should be pushed up. He should be playing further forward. Like maybe like Ali is like more combative or something, and like he should be. Like behind or something, but I I think there are like a lot of reasons to like like Ericsson this year. I mean, the set pieces. I agree. I mean, we try and figure out how many points that is actually, but I don't know. It seems like it's you know a when few. Look at the returns. totals; it'll add up. It'll always add up. Yeah, it'll add. It always adds up, and so you know maybe he gets an extra goal or something or whatever. But yeah, I mean, Ericsson nine million just seems good, and it's a little bit kind of counterintuitive when we were talking the last pot. I was like talking about like Rich over Siggy, or like trying to spike like a, yeah, you know that kind of a shit. And he's not really that kind of player. I mean, he's never scored more. What he has eleven goals is his most in a season. But you know, the fixtures are good for a while, and I just I don't know. I'm liking him at nine. It seems like he's going to be good value this year. Yeah, I think he's good value too. It's kind of a weird thing that I'm struggling with, just in it, like a vague, overarching squad building thing. Is sort of like choosing between the the season long, long term hold guys like Erickson 
and just trying to you know hit the hit the early fixtures like spike the big attacking returns and stuff like that because I know that I'm going to use my wild card within the first two months, maybe even earlier than ever this season. Just you know, just from experiences of the last couple seasons, and I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to figure out like what would have to happen for me not to wild card early. You know what I mean? Like, is it the type of thing where I would start with you know someone like Rich and he returns a bunch of points and then I you know make transfers or whatever? Or is it I start with Erickson and he's just sort of consistent and good and my team is just good? Like which which of those is more likely and which of those means I'm not wild carding? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's like that, but also combined with the team you're talking about. You know, if you go in with zero city players, you know you're going to get yeah, murdered between games like three team. and eight. So like that's a that's so you. I think those are the factors. It's like. If you're going in with like two Bournemouth players and like another punt somewhere, and then you're looking at game week three and you're like, ugh, like I don't know what's happening. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know how to evaluate or like yeah. give an answer necessarily. But I think it's kind of like the good players who get a lot of points. Like it, the earlier you get them in, when if they're like confirming what you expect for the season, then that seems good. But at the same time, like yeah, I don't know if we're like. By trying to stave off the wild card, if theoretically when we wild card we put in more long term picks, who you know that kind of thing, right? Then you know you would think that the more we stave that off, the worse we'd be because we'd just be doing little like putting up fires here and there while still having some questionable iffy picks. Right. So are we supposed to start with more long term picks for that reason, which also feels a little like weird and bad, but maybe it's just smart. Like start well, with as many like to... long term guys as you can, and then you know fill in the other spots with the high upside guys. If that makes sense, yeah. I mean, then it comes back with that. You yes, that's obviously a strategy, but then you're planning for a longer wild card. But then you also could just be you know ticking along or just not doing that well at the beginning of the season, and you're not willing to you know maybe build value or hop on some bandwagons because you don't have spots in your team to do that. Yeah, you don't have flexibility and like yeah. funds if you're like going in with like super heavy defense, Ericsson, like all these long term guys. Yeah. Yeah, which is which I mean with the five at the back, which is a big issue I have with that those teams I've been seeing. But that that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, I I, I don't hate like a no city player in the game week one team and just wild card in game week three. I mean the way yeah. the, the way that you're framing it and you know just kind of looking around it, that could be good because if we have information about like Erickson and Kevin for example by then and That's like huge. maybe yeah it's 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 a lot and those are like the building blocks and pillars that you would want for like a while and especially at Bournemouth and Everton are also we'll get a lot of information about how they're gonna. Yeah. Look after the first two game weeks and I'm Lester definitely considering and, it. Yeah, I'm I'm considering it as well. I'm I am. Yeah. So then uh, there's we don't have to talk about Ali. I mean he's he's a yeah. non option until until we see stuff, and, I think. Yeah, until proven otherwise. I mean if he's not playing in the support striker role, he's just not an FPL option. And yeah. you know, that that may be. I, I don't know. It's hard to imagine with Son and all this shit, but they have yeah, so many guys to squeeze into the team. It'll be it'll be really interesting how they set up. Yeah. Um and then Paul. Yeah. Paul's always an he's always an option. Paul actually always an option though. Like <laughs> he's actually just really good, and I don't know. I mean, pens made up for basically half of his goals last season. They got so many pens, and, and he missed. He missed three. Yeah, and he missed three. I mean, he's bad. He should he's not be on active, pens. Yeah, he's actively bad at pens. But if he, 
Yeah, he had didn't six miss. non-penalty goals, seven pen goals. What but the if fuck? Just pretend in life, if he made those three penalties, that's like a 30-point swing or like a 25-point swing. Like he would, he would have had like the third most points in the midfield of midfield players last year. At least one of them he missed and then scored right after though. <laughs> yeah, but if you think of a miss of being minus 2 versus 7 plus whatever bonus, like that's like a yeah, it's yeah, like a yeah. 10 point it's like a between like a 7 to 10 point swing each miss. So I mean like if he had like 20 more points, he would have, you know, he would have been, you know, in the 200 range. Right. And he probably wouldn't be at 85. I mean, this is a nonsense. I don't just, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like the opportunity was there for him to score 200 points. He just yeah. didn't. Eight, eight, five just seems like a really good price. It's, and it's, you know, seeing Siggy in every team, I just don't get that. Yeah, I so guess United if you're looking for the also, early fixtures, sorry, what like did you that's say? a thing. If you're really just looking for those early fixtures and you think that the point five is not spent because Everton's fixtures are a lot better than United's, but United also just I don't know that's fucking United. They have all these like guys and shit, and they're going to score some goals. And Paul's, I did. I, I mean, if, if if he plays like four two three one and he's next to pivot or something, then he's not. Then he's actually not an option. But if he's playing that four three three like we all expect. I don't know, Paul. At the beginning of the season, a little point to prove, maybe chip on his shoulder after all this bullshit in the summer. I, I mean, I'm seeing him in basically zero teams, and I think that's a mistake. I think that, he should. That be, seems like a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I think he could play in the double pivot. I, it's hard, really hard for me to guess. I mean, that would I, be a problem. The United guys in Slack don't think so, but I think it's, I think it's still a possibility. But regardless, what the thing that I was going to bring up is just again the idea of this early wildcard team. You get to skip United assets for home Chelsea and away Wolves, which are both really, really bad. Yeah. And then see what's up, see who's starting, like, et cetera, evaluate them. And then, you know, potentially wild card in a Paul, a Rash, a fucking Greenwood, or, you know, whoever's starting and doing stuff, you know. So yeah. they're yeah. another team that I kind of put in that, like, I want Chelsea. more information zone. Chelsea's also a big. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, and yeah. they have a fixture shift after game week two. So yeah, so there, there are a lot oh, of man. Are you talking me into this right oh. now? <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I mean, it's interesting happening? because last week we talked about the early wild card as, and we kind as, of put it off. We put it off because because of City and Liverpool, and we were like, well, we just want to start with all of the City and Liverpool guys, but. The truth is, when you look closer, it's really like just Liverpool. You know, like City, we just talked about their fixtures are actually kind of bad. And so it's like you start with three Liverpool and Arsenal have two really good fixtures, but you don't really want them long term either. So then you're looking at like Spurs, City, United, Chelsea as gaining information and being able to wild card in from all of those teams seems so good. Issue though is with Spurs, they they have a blank game week too. So, I mean, you can you yeah. can definitely bank a transfer if you're going to wild card after like you, you're going to use your transfer. But like if you start with Kane, for example, you know you're, you I mean you'd probably want to start with Obs also. What do you do with that game week two? Yeah, game week two at City. I don't know. It's, bad. it's, it's just it's like a little bit of a fuckery. But anyway, but yeah, Paul. I think that was good. I mean. He's not sexy or attractive, but I mean that's the kind of thing. If if you are trying to build that medium term team and not punt around, like getting like like if you have a midfield of Raz, Siggy, Paul, and 
Erickson or like Phrase, like that's a midfield you don't need to touch for two months. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you might not explode into like be a five digit rank in that time, but you'll be like fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's funny looking at Paul's seasons because he scored 179 last season, 138 the season before. And, you know, he played 900 less minutes. So it's, it's very imperfect science here, but. He scored six goals, six open play goals in both seasons. The difference is last season he he scored seven pens also, and that just like vaulted him into like you know elite midfielder territory. That might not be sustainable. Super, super not sustainable. And like I shouted this again on the betting pod. It's a very, very, very rogue shout, and there's no precedent for it at all. But. Rashford should be their penalty taker. Like he's actually oh, for sure. he's way better stone cold, cold blooded yeah. assassin, yeah. and yeah, he's agree. way better. And you know maybe this is the season he takes it from Paul because Paul's actively terrible at them. So yeah. who knows? Um, I, I, that seven penalties is a lot of penalties to dude, pad that goal they, total. United got a trillion penalties. He took ten. He scored <laughs> seven and missed three. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it's fucking Paul. Maybe Paul's not an actual option. I don't yeah, know. No, he's still good. He's still good. Um, okay. So forwards. All right. Where are we at? We're at about an hour. We're fine. Um, so again, there's there's two city, but Jesus is not an option. There's both Arsenal guys and Obs and Laka. Firmino not really an option at all. And then there's Vardy, who I think is very popular and should be in in FPL right now. Yeah. So I mean, I guess we could just start with the triple. You maybe have Obs eleven, Kuhn twelve, and Kane eleven. Yeah. Assuming, I mean, I've seen some three premium. Teams with five at the back. I, I don't like those teams in general. I would, I'm not. I'm certainly not going to go into Wait, the year three like that, premium but, forwards. No, three like Mo and two of the forwards are oh, Mo Raz okay, and one of the okay. forward, whatever. But let's just assume that you can pick only one of these players game week one. What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this exact conundrum last week and I liked your shout of Aubameyang and I still actually feel best about him I think for not you know ju- not just game week one because just game week one I would say Kane but game weeks one and two um, having away Newcastle and home Burnley for OBS, I like and feel good about yeah so look, I agree with that still, but now I'm like looking a little closer because I'm not going to have Mo and the captaincy, like game week one, game week two, is yeah. playing on my mind yeah. because, like, if I don't have, like, if I don't have Kane, then I'm I'm just going to be on Raz basically, and that's like Robo that's a little or bit. something. Yeah. I I mean, Callum could be could be an option. Yeah, Callum, but, that's an actual option. Yeah, yeah, that's an actual option. I mean, South. If, so if Sheffield United are spending ten million for Lise Mousset, I am like convinced they're going to go down. Because uh, if that's the t- if that's yeah. what they're about, then they're fucked. Yep. So I immediately lost like any even <laughs> remote respect for the team, like the blade, the blades, the Blade Runners. If they're spending ten million for a piece of shit. Like I'm just, I think that they're fucked. So I think that's that's a viable captain's option. But that that aside. Yeah, Obs, Kane. I mean, 
Kane I mean, is how much do you put into, into the thoughts because he's looking sexy, he's looking like fucking ripped and all those photos and shit. And like, I think those are old photos, and I think someone put a new photo and he's like back to dad bod. I'm not oh, sure. Back to dad bod, okay. Well, I'm not also, 100% sure of the time. Uh, also, another the thing that just it like Facarilla wrote in simple slash silly question, but is Kane's August curse a thing of the past now? And I just I couldn't remember the beginning of last season, so I looked back and yeah, I mean, he had three August matches last season, he had two goals and an assist. And, and like good underlying numbers as well. So that shit is gone. So like him, him starting slow or whatever the fuck in August is like seems, seems dumb. But I can't get beyond like game week two where I just like actively don't want him in my team, even though game week one, he's a great captain. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't it, know. I, I mean, obviously, game week two is a bad fixture, but then there, he, he's got home Newcastle and then, you know, a pretty reasonable run for a little bit. Yeah, he I mean, scored the, first Arsenal. Yeah. yeah, Darb. And then, you know, I mean, home Palace is, is a tricky one because we, we play them very well and, and we're, we're just good away, period. But, you know, at Leicester, home Southampton, at Brighton, home Watford. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get some returns solid. in there. It's yeah. yeah, he's very good. There's so, yeah, okay. It's and definitely then, a I mean, really good pick. Like, I, I'm not here to say he's not a good pick he's definitely a really good pick it's just super hard to separate these forwards i think yeah and it's also a matter of just you know you can only have so many players in your team like would you pick kane over raz if you already have mo and you're not and like captaincy is kind of out the window Mm. then i I don't know like the captaincy thing it should be very important in your specific team because we're gonna i mean we can plan for the first like three to five game weeks pretty reasonably while we're figuring out what teams are good and what teams are bad, to just yeah. look at like, okay, Spurs, City, Liverpool. Like, I'm going to keep my captain on those three team on players of those three teams, and I know that they're home banker. Like, I know these are bottom ten teams. I don't know how bad each one is. Maybe in the in the grand scheme of like yeah, ranking yeah. them eleven to like, twenty, are they but Fulham or are they Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can, but you can reliably do that. So I think that should be a very important factor when you're looking at your team and how you want to rotate captaincy with picking that player for sure. But um. What about Kuhn? I mean, we're, we're not even really mentioning him. He's a million more, which is pretty significant to me yeah, in, this, in this conversation. And, you know, we, we, we historically kind of last season view him more of like a home player. Uh, they have two aways and home Spurs first three. Do, do you think it's just kind of a, he's just not, not looking that good or? Yeah, I mean, I don't like those fixtures again for the millionth time this pod. And Naron Slack wrote in, is there any reason to go with Kuhn over Raz? That's hard for me. I feel like Raz is just strictly better and more points for goals and, and the points for clean sheets and that shit just really adds up and Raz will just outscore him every year. But he still had 21 goals, 11 assists last season. Like Kuhn had an absolutely incredible season last season and and... We shouldn't forget that. And I still think, like, as much as I don't like the, the early fixtures and I don't like the his only home in the first three is, is home Spurs, like, he's still a really good pick. That's why it's so hard to separate these guys. Like, he's still Coon and he's still fit for now and just really good. And, like, another one of those long-term guys, like, you don't have to think about him or touch him until he gets hurt at all. Like, he's just going to be good and consistent. You know, so yeah. how many penalties did he score last year? Um, let me look that up for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm about to. So he had eight, he had 19 non-penalty goals, so only two pens. That's fucking dumb. Yeah, like they should be United getting United got ten, pens. and he yeah. had two. Yeah, 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, I mean, you it know, could his, be number, that. his underlying numbers are just as good as like every other season, basically. I mean, he overperformed assists a bit, but like his non-penalty XG per ninety was just like it's just incredibly good for five consecutive seasons. Like, there's nothing to like think about, and he gets a ton of shots, and he's just great. Yeah, even though he doesn't play the last few minutes, but so, I well, mean, it are could there be... any reasons to go with him over Raz? Him over Raz? Yeah, like if you're one, if you're just having like one of those two guys, is there any reason to go with Kuhn over Raz? I think because the game weeks one and three are away games, and I do usually like Raz more, I wouldn't. But I mean, you you could always double swap and reverse it for like game week four when they're home Brighton and they have like a really good run of homes where you could conceivably captain. I mean, game week four home Brighton, six home Watford, eight home Wolves, 10 home Villa, 11 home um, Saints. You can captain Kuhn pretty nice, pretty reliably for those games. Yep. When does group stage start for Champions League? Uh, I don't know. It's like, it like October. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Began on September 18th last season. Well, so really that early? Okay. I mean, it could also be that the correct answer here is just to get Raz and Kuhn, and like City are blowing the doors down. Arsenal are like can't score more than one goal away, and Spurs like can't beat a buses again. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what are we doing? Like, we just need two City. We should have Kuhn and Sterling. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like a very, very that's very thing. conceivable. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the type of thing where. Sort of hard for me to swallow on a game week one team unless you're planning an early wild card with like the bad yeah. fixtures and just the funds distribution. It's it's hard. It's hard to just yeah. spend twenty four million on those two, but it's something that I could see myself wild carding into if things go like that early doors. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's super hard with these forwards and OBS. I was an Arsenal. Did you see like OBS was? Yeah, he was like playing right wing again. This oh, last really? couple game, couple when they played Bayern, I mean that was Bayern. I don't know. Obviously, Emery that changes things all the time, but I don't know. That, that was a little like, ugh, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about him because he just puts up huge underlying numbers every season no he's matter, ever yeah, had really in his matter. life, and he's going to miss a million big chances and you know basically score exactly equal to his xG every season because that's just what he does. And he's on pens, which is nice, and you know played. Line chair minute, so I still think OBS is great. I'm just it's hard with Arsenal because Emery was such a fuck last season. It was hard to pick any of their players, and they haven't bought anyone or gotten any better at all. And it just there's like a bit of turmoil with like Koscielny and shit. So it's just like doesn't feel great. Arsenal just don't feel great. They seem like obviously the fifth or sixth best team, and like no chance of top four right now. Do you think Laka's an option at 9-5? I mean, he should be, right? I mean, he was really good in not that many minutes last season, and he was really, really consistent when he started. Like He was like a one-return-every-week one minimum when he started, but I don't know. I just... Emery just scares me. Like, it... It's it's like similar sort of to starting with Kev, like they're the same price. Starting with a nine five guy who like you're not sure is even going to start, that seems bad. I don't really want that. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about him? I don't know. 
Yeah, I just, I, it's it's hard because you know his stats are okay, and you know he finished last season thirteen and twelve, thirteen goals, twelve assists. I just I just don't know if there's any upside with him. Like, is, is can he do better than he did last season? The upside with him is if he plays three thousand minutes. That's the upside. Because he might spike 200 points this yeah, year. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason he wouldn't. And He doesn't have any pens, though. I mean, that's a big thing. It is a big thing, but, you know, an extra 500 minutes is, is also a big thing. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of points for minutes, and that's basically six extra games, and that's a lot of potential returns with how consistent he was, so... So it comes back down to just Emery, like yeah. team sheet, fuck. Yeah, I think so. I honestly think so. And, um, yeah, and- I mean, but the other thing is he, I mean, it wasn't really until Europe that he started to fuck around like significantly. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was if really he playing play, the kids the for a while points, in Europe. If he got the same points per minute last season as he did this season, played 3,000, that's 199.4 points. <laughs> So like two hundred points. Yeah, it's just that nine five is nine five is expensive. Yeah, that's why he's in the premium, and it's it's expensive and shit is unreliable, and that's why it feels bad. Fucking I mean, he locker. ended the season with ninety, eighty, ninety, 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 eighty nine. The last fucking seven weeks of the season, he well, just that was when Obs was. That was when Obs was like illness, illness, like yeah. Europa game. So I don't know. Right, 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 right. All right. So our yeah, the beginning of last I have season, no idea, dude. Yeah, Laka was Laka's minutes were actually he. It's weird. Like I'm just looking back right now to see what happened. But he started the first three games of the season, and given two of them were City and Chelsea, he came off the bench in all three of them, and then he. 90, 90, 90, 90, 81, 90, 90, 90, 90. So he started for basically through November, and then he started getting rotated again in like Christmas, it, it just like basically for the rest of the season. He was just rotation. So, so basically, we have no fucking have idea no what Emery's up idea. to. Yeah. We have no good feels on any Arsenal striker, and I, I have good feels on Obs. I I still feel really good with Obs. You like him for the first couple? Yeah, I just think there's not that much of a risk if he's starting a wing, if he's starting a striker. He still starts almost every game, and he's so just so consistent. So if you're if you're looking at like a game week three wild card, do you really gamble and put Laka and Obs in? I don't think so, but definitely Obs. Two- that's too nuts. Yeah, I just don't think because Locke is also not that explosive. Yeah, he's like, a ticker. He's a ticker, and so you know, like I'm not. He's not the type of guy in two weeks where I'm like he could score me like fucking you know forty thirty to forty points or something like that. You're right. Like you're yeah, right. So. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we've got uh, the the Lucas aid himself. Yeah, it's funny because. The casual listener will be like, "Well, you're skipping Firmino," and like Liverpool's defenders are so good that you basically have to be Mo Salah to be considered, <laughs> and like just having like twenty to twenty five returns and be Firmino, it's just not enough because their fullbacks get just as many returns, if not more, with clean sheets. So it's just not enough. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's an absolute insane. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't have time for that. It's just yeah, funny because you look back. Yeah, and it like, is funny. He's one eighty every year and like twenty three, twenty two ish returns every year, and it's just not enough. 
Can't go yeah, there. for last year. But what do you think about Vardy? Um, I think he's fantastic. I think he's <laughs> a really good pick. Um, it bums me out that Leicester have really bad first two fixtures because I really want to start the season with him because I think he was so good last last two seasons, and especially when Braj came in, he was so good, and Leicester were so good, and... I think he's on the up and they're on the up, and I think he he's just going to have a huge season. But it's just a little bit hard for me with like home wolves at Chelsea. It's just like not great. The upside's not great. Yeah, but those are Vardy games. Yeah, and in every game's a Vardy game if you think about it. <laughs> Bad fixtures are good fixtures. They're all Vardy games. So I don't know, but yeah. So I mean, this was one thing I was just kind of thinking about when I'm looking at Vardy. Is kind of I mean, it might be a little bit silly, but how is Kane worth two million more than Vardy? He's just not. Like, is that right? He's just not. He's just not. If they both play three thousand minutes, is if he magically returns to like old Kane. That, he's taking six shots a game. Yeah, for the six whole shots season. a game. You know, upside of thirty goals on the season. But like, we haven't seen that for a full year and a half now. I mean, Kane. The thing with Kane is he also just like, yeah, yeah. Because that's what I'm looking. I'm like, is it just like a old mind thing of like trying to jam Kane in because he's like, is Ari Kane? Or Vardy at two million less just seems like very similar-ish like outlook, and he's so much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, last season they had basically exact same numbers except for shots. Kane had like a shot more than him per ninety, but XG per ninety, goals per ninety, key passes per ninety, XA well, I can't even know, per ninety. Yeah. I mean, that's also, if you're looking at the season, he's being dragged down by like the majority of the games played under Puel. So I'm sure yeah, under Barrage, I'm looking at the stats season. Are, yeah, so it's like... Yeah, so I'm sure they're even better. They're even better. But like when you go backwards in time, that's when you see the disparity of Kane. Like Even if you just look at 17-18, where half the season he was horrible and half the season he was Kane, the numbers are just like absurdly in Kane's favor because he was back to himself. I mean, in 17-18, Kane was... 5.3 shots per game, you know, 0.8 XG per 90, 0.87 goals per 90, like absurd shit, 30 goals a season shit. But we have, we just haven't seen that for a while. That's why. And like I, I mentioned, you know, like I also expect him to get hurt. Like he, he's recurring yeah. injuries in the exact well, same whatever, spot. Whatever, forget about that doesn't help for right now because yeah. he just had a break and he's fit. So I mean, but I'm, I mean, just for like the game week one team, is it, Am I just like thinking of like Kane's so much like a reliable captain option and he's got a couple captainable fixtures in the beginning? Like, cause I'm like, I keep looking at both of them and like, I'm probably gonna have one of them the way my team's structured. I don't know. I, I like, what is it? Like, I'm still hesitant with Vardy. It's probably it, the maybe fixture. it's just like that's my default mode. You think so? Yeah. I mean, home villa is absurd for Kane. And that's probably a big factor into why a lot of people are gravitating towards him. And home so wolves, home even Newcastle. though wolves don't keep cleans, they're still tight and they don't really get battered ever. So it's bad. It's a low upside. And then away at Chelsea, even though Vardy scores a lot against mm-hmm. the top six, it's low upside. It's like you know, one goal ceilings probably in both of those. Um, anything mm-hmm. more would be pretty surprising, in my opinion. So whereas mm-hmm. Kane, like anything is possible. Like hat trick. 
in gamings one and three, very possible. So I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fixtures are important. But yeah, I mean, but Vardy's another player that you could, if you're trying to captain, like, but if like if you have Mo and you're going to captain Mo pretty much like every week, then Vardy is like a good pick just in that softer price bracket. Who could give you really good returns, keeping pace with some players who are like a lot more expensive than, than him, yeah. and someone you could hold for a while? Yeah, I I absolutely love Vardy going into this season. I think he's just got like potential two hundred point season behind him. So basically, with Vardy, it's like love his outlook in general for the season. Don't like the first two. Yeah. you'd rather wait. You'd rather wait and jump on like in the. Like a little bit later. That's the part I'm not sure about because he hasn't left my team for a while because I don't know like what else to do with the spot. But yes, in general, that's how I feel about him. I love love the full season outlook. Don't love the first two. So I mean, then it but then it comes back to looking at the fixtures. They have good fixtures: game week three and four at Sheffield United, home Bournemouth, and then bad and then again. they have three. They have at United, home Spurs, at Liverpool. Three of the next four. So. Like Vardy scores against those teams, yeah. So is it the kind of thing that we need to just swallow, like what we normally think, and just stick with them and not even think about it, or is it something that you plan for? Because like that's the kind of thing that could be the difference between fifty points yeah, in your season. Be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like he just blanks him. the top six games this year, and we we try and ignore it, and then we we miss out on a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. like. Looking at the looking at the first eight game weeks, right? Like you can just go into the season game week one and say, okay, unless he gets hurt, but I'm going to hold Vardy for eight weeks, and he has in those eight weeks he has at Chelsea, at United, home Spurs, at Liverpool, which are very bad fixtures. Home Wolves, which are very bad to bad fixtures on paper. Yeah, I mean he could conceivably finish those eight weeks with something in the range of like thirty points. Yep, but he could also have like seventy five points. So what do you do? What do we do? Yeah, it, we're talking I about meant, Arsenal I did again. Mention their fixtures it's a mind week fuck. Like it's a like, mind I don't fuck. really want any other Leicester player for the first eight game weeks because the upside is so low in those games. Like even if Vardy's scoring, like the team's probably not going to be scoring that much. And like from game week nine on, their fixtures are fucking amazing. So that's when you want them. But yeah, I fuck man, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to pretend to know what to do. I mean, like. Those stats that are kind of like blah, 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 always scores against, you know, dick face team, whatever. Those are the type of stats that you and I always like throw out because they're fucking meaningless and they usually are. But for but Vardy, Vardy has like four they, years yeah. worth of data yeah, where that's he scores. The thing with Vardy, they yeah. just aren't bullshit because they just keep fucking happening. So I don't know if it's like gambler's fallacy bullshit or like it's real, but it seems real. So I think the answer is probably you just go with him. I think. Oh my goodness! Okay. The, good, the goodness, the the good thing with him is just like if you're like shopping around there, there's not like that many other guys you would even consider. Callum. Well, Callum's eight. Yeah, yeah, Callum. But that, you know, or maybe Rashford, maybe Rashford. Yeah. But this is another thing: is like I have Callum on my team. I'm. Having like Callum and Party is seems like so bad because I'm either like gonna do a massive downgrade and then I have to like spend two, maybe three transfers to use the money elsewhere, 
or I need a double swap and like really downgrade somewhere else to get him up to a premium guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like kind of like a fucking fuckery. I've had both in my team for uh, since the beginning. I've just had both in my team forever. Mm, on. I don't know if that's good, but it might I mean, be good. It might be. I don't know. I do like Rashford just on that note, but again, like he's. He doesn't have the data that Vardy has. So when I see home Chelsea away Wolves for Rashford, I'm like, I don't want that no, at all. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah, and when I see it for Vardy, I'm like, he's probably still going to score. I don't know. All right. So I think we identified things that we have no idea about. So at least we kind of like ran through our stream of consciousness. So maybe like listeners can kind of see yeah. which which of us is more talking out of their ass and speaking more bullshit to like inf- to figure out your your where you come out on the sides of these debates. Right. But I mean I think I think the forward position full stop is by far the most difficult yeah, in I, I the tinkering yeah. this season. Like not even close. I've spent the most time looking at forwards and Switching them around, and I have no idea where I'm going to land. I have zero percent idea where I'm going to land. And I still, in my head, I'm just like mids are just better, right? Like, yeah, the mids nowadays score. Back in my day, mids didn't score as many goals, but nowadays they score a lot of goals and as as many as forwards often, and they get more points for goals. And then and the clean sheet, and then yeah, City and Liverpool are going to keep like twenty ish clean, so that's an additional twenty points, you know. So it's like uh, all these factors. But I think what what we are good at is. Like we're not like the type of pod that's like hot take pod. Like, oh, Kane's gonna score thirty goals. Like, I'm not gonna tr- pretend and like predict that shit or whatever. But we're good at talking about like the unknowns and questioning things. And so, hopefully, like you said, we're just giving giving you guys, the listeners, like some some <laughs> so, things to think about. So we're not good at analysis, like. Picking things. We're just or, good about yeah, talking we, about things. We don't pick things that we don't know just for the sake of picking them, is what I mean. You know well, what I mean? I pick Ozil, but even though I don't know if he's going to be good or not. Well, yeah, I guess we're good at picking some things, but. Yeah. <laughs> we have our, we have our uh, weaknesses. Yeah, we have our weaknesses, like, like we all do. Um, I just like this one question. There's a few questions, but we're running very long. So let me just do this one I, that I like from NAR. Is in your current draft, who's the premium player you don't own that you're most scared will hurt you? Um, I mean, I guess Mo, just because it's like it seems like the he's captain. gonna have a really, yeah, he's, the EO effective ownership percentage of him in that first game on noon when I'm not gonna be able to watch the game on Friday is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be scary. Yeah, he'll probably I mean, I, be I up could, around what forty percent owned and captained by all of those people or something. Yeah, and you know, pretty much we're talking about like the competitive teams. I mean, I'd say it's probably closer to like the eighty percent of the teams have Mo in them. I would yeah. say of like teams I'm seeing or teams on Slack. So, I mean, it could be game week one comes and goes, and I'm game week rank or my OR is like five million. Yeah, or I could be like one hundred fifty k. So it's gonna it's all for me gonna probably. Really depend on Mo and the early going, but I still of, maintain I'm of Kane. Kane, yeah, I mean, I might have Kane, so I don't know. I'm scared I of Kane because yet. I think that 
I feel if there's a player that's going to have 45 points after the first three game weeks, it could be Kane. Yeah, it could be Kane, and I will be slow to get on him. It's like right. because of that city game in between. Like I probably like I'm not even if he's really looks really good and has like a huge game in game week one. I'm not positive that I would be jumping to him in game week three. Right. And that could just like bury me even more, and it's just hard to like evaluate him in that short of a time span with a city game in between. But that's fair. The, the one thing though about you know being scared is I think a lot of people will be in your mind frame about that. And right, but a lot, a lot of people how, are getting yeah. Kane because he scored one fucking worldie in preseason, and now everyone. Well, I mean, Kane. it's still fucking July twenty second. Yeah, like, yeah. there's still like a, a few weeks before. Yeah, a lot of action. I mean, there's going to be more preseason goals. I'm sure everyone's going to have Jimenez. Yeah, Jimenez is going to score a brace against like Luton Town like next weekend, <laughs> and he's going to be in every team. So, yeah, Kane. I yeah, I don't. Yeah, Kane. Mo. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I need to I need to play around without Raz in my team for a little bit. I think I need to spend this week doing that. Yeah, I'm gonna keep tinkering with my early wildcard team. Maybe I'll tweet it out or something. But yeah. the other thing is, I, I was thinking as we were talking about kind of the captaincy options in midfield today yeah. is when the game came out. I mean, I was in Germany, so I was just like, whoa. But <laughs> I didn't consider Raz for like a good week. Like I didn't even remotely consider putting him in my team because and of I was the just, pictures. No, I don't know. I just didn't think there was that much value there, and oh, I weird. and yeah, okay. the fixtures weren't that great. And I just was like, Kane and Obs are both eleven, like cheaper than Sterling. I just put them both in right away. And I was right. like, oh, this looks, this seems great. But I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there is something to my like initial gut instinct mm-hmm. about that. I, I mean, it's it seems ridiculous to have zero city players. Like, it seems just ridiculous, yeah. but. I mean, when we're talking about you know maybe wild carding after game week two or game week three or whatever, and they don't have their good little run of fixtures early until game week, you know, home fixture until game week four at Bournemouth is not a good clean sheet fixture, obviously as well. So, I, I mean, it might be that like backdooring into the city players after the first couple. I mean, maybe like Bilv is like we should all have Bilv, you know, like that could happen. Right, I don't and know. we, we won't don't know, know that until after until a few games, games happen. So, yeah. I mean, it could be that. And we've gone, I mean, really, last pod we talked about, like, finding value in City. Like, other than Kevin, it's very difficult to find actual value. Yeah, like, you're that's gonna- why I'm seeing a lot of teams that are, like, only double City or, like, only single City even because... Yeah. Other like we have a, the budget. It's the budget. Yeah, I mean, we that's just don't have the budget. The budget. Like they don't have yeah. Robo Trent VVD to just go on. Like it's not the same. And the only attackers that are like nailed first choice and really good picks are Raz and Naguero. They don't have any mid price guys that are like both of those things. So yeah, it's hard. It's very hard with City backdooring. That might be the fucking nine thousand IQ galaxy brain strategy. Yeah, as, and then we wake up Saturday morning four 0 West Ham. It's like whoops. Yeah, yeah whoops. Whoops, guys. Yeah, I mean, got that one wrong. I should say I'm actually more scared of that because if people <laughs> listened to our pod last season, every time I didn't have a City player, which was I think two game weeks out of thirty eight, they fucking Absolute explosion. Yeah, yeah, Raz triple return. Coon hat back to back hat tricks and shit like just murder me so scary. 
Oh god, I'm I'm getting scared now. That why did we finish with that question? It's like, what are your greatest fears? It's like, yeah, yes, uh, it's something that's about- good to go out on. It's something that I get to think about all day and just be miserable. It's gonna be great. But then it comes back to not being a piece of sheep herding, piece of sheet, and picking <laughs> players based on fear. Like that's not yeah, what we yeah, do yeah. here. So. We don't do that here. Because then you just end here. up with like a coverage team or something, and yeah. you're like, "Ooh, I shouldn't have two Bournemouth players. That's too much, quote unquote." Like, yeah, yeah, you know, things like that. And then that's that's not you know that's not how we philosophize. Yeah, you can't have eleven guys who just tick and just be like, "That's not fun or good." So it's bad. All right, let me. We're whew, that was a proper pod. Let me do some Patreon new sign up anus slaps. The new Patreon. Signups keep rolling in, which is great. Um, it's still free. You're still going to get refunded for basically a week left. You know, August first, that that shit goes away. So let me slap the new asses. We got Quinn Walker Feeling. We got Piss and Vinagre. We got Evan Caruso, Adam Ray, both no last names on either of those. Alistair Danek, Gareth Dox, Sandrema, and Felix von Noring. Wow, love it. Thanks for signing up, boys. Let me slap that ass. Whew, I'm sweating so much. I have to shut my AC off, and it's like so hot in New York. Oh my god! What's up? Any last words? What are we doing? I'm good. All right, let's go. Check us out at fmlfield.com. Follow us on Twitter at fmlfield. Support us on Patreon.com/slash fmlfield.